what an absence. Two weeks have gone by. The fans are going crazy. And we are back here with, with today. It's just me and Dan. It's just us. I was really scared I was going to get some kind of threatening letter in the mail or something. Um, I'm happy we're back. Uh, <laughs> oh, you didn't get the threatening letters? I, well, I did. Was... I, I think it went to my neighbor's house. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> today we decided to go with the movie Labyrinth. I, I threw this at you. I don't know if you've seen this movie before. Is this a movie you'd seen? That's oh, man, like? I grew up on this movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, 86 is is like the when all those those sort of family family movies start to come out, like it, mm-hmm. like the never-ending story, those kind of movies. Yes. And this movie comes up in conversation when, uh, in, in, a, in a group or a Discord server that I'm part of, and it's very divisive. So I wanted to do this episode <laughs> more or less for, for those people. Because yeah. they they want our opinion on the film, and you know what? I think we are going to have some opinions. I I'm going in this completely cold. I don't know how you feel about this movie. Whenever you uh, sent it to me, saying you know, asking about wanting to do Labyrinth, uh, all I could think of was like, all right, I know how I feel about Labyrinth. I'm really interested to see how you feel about Labyrinth. So um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but okay. uh, but yeah, just be interesting to see how we both feel about them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we have the, <laughs> the awards ceremony uh, yes. later. It, this isn't a movie. I, this isn't my first time watching this movie. I had seen mm-hmm. it a long time ago, back when VHSs still existed. Um, for the kids listening, I don't know if a VHS is, we actually have to rewind them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those movies that, I don't know if you rent it from Blockbuster back when and, mm-hmm, and you watch mm-hmm. it and you kind of forget what it is until recently people were talking about it. And I said, you know what? It won't be bad to to rewatch those. And I'm sure there's movies from your childhood where you rewatch them and maybe some things don't hold up or you view the movie in a different light. Um, is it one of oh, those yeah. movies for you? Did it change as when you watch it now? I'm just going to say yes, because I don't want to spoil right off the bat my feelings about it. But yeah, it, it's definitely a lot different than I remember a lot about it that I didn't remember. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely changed quite a bit. <laughs> gotcha. For those who don't know, uh, labyrinth is a 16 year old. Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother, Toby, when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the goblin King Jareth. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to be Jareth this episode. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always figured that's what Jer stood for. So, um. oh, it is. Yeah, that's my <laughs> legal name on my birth certificate. That <laughs> was named after yes. the great David Bowie character. <laughs> so this movie comes out in uh, 1986 uh, from the mind of Jim Henson. Obviously, everybody's well aware of Jim Henson and what what he's created in his life. Sure. Um, the Muppets, I think, is is the number one Sesame Street, uh, and this is his final theatrical film release. Don't know if you knew that, but I yeah, I, that kind of blows my mind. I can't remember when exactly he passed away. I think it was the pretty early nineties, ninety one, ninety two, yes. something yep. like that. Um, but yeah, to think of this as his last uh, big theatrical thing that he did is is pretty crazy. It seemed like he still had a a lot more in him. Um, so that kind of sucks. But looking, yeah, it, it, it is a bummer. And he's he's really the one who started the whole uh, you know Muppets and, and the animatronics in the eighties, along with mm-hmm. Frank Oz. He's a pioneer, right? Um, yeah. So to see all the movies and to see his legacy live on in in the fact that they still they remade Dark Crystal, I believe, for Netflix not mm-hmm. too long ago. Mm-hmm. So he's still out there. They still make Muppets products. So this movie is also written by Terry Jones of Monty Python fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ha, ha, what are your yep. feelings on Monty Python comedy? This is a side note, but. I'm I'm mixed on it. it. It's not that I don't find it funny or that I can't watch it and find it yeah. enjoyable. Um, it it's a little too goofy for me. I, I need like a little more substance and a little less jokes. But um, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good clean family fun. I think. Yeah, it, it, maybe way. it's a little too safe for me. But um, but yeah, it, I'm it, not a. <laughs> as an adult, I'm not a safe comedy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't hate it, but yeah. Right. There were parts in this movie that that genuinely made me chuckle, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, and I noticed in the opening credits, the executive producer was uh, 
the very famous George Lucas. Yes, yes, George Lucas has has a big hand in this. Yeah, um, which is uh, really cool, and at the same time, makes a lot of sense for this time period for George Lucas to be involved in something like this. I, you kind of look around a lot of sci-fi and fantasy stuff at that time. Um, great to get George Lucas in on your project. <laughs> yeah, you can see the the inspiration in Star Wars from stuff like Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Yeah, obviously absolutely. with with Yoda and you know going with the practical effects instead of the CG mess that the the prequels were. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I hope he learned something from this movie. You can only hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have any notes that you wanted to to bring up? Uh, Look, I'm gonna go ahead and and, and uh, I I know we'll talk about awards. We'll we'll go with yep. all of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my hot take out of the way. Um, okay. I cannot say that I don't like this movie or don't enjoy it. I do like this movie and and I enjoy it. My hot take here is gonna be I don't like David Bowie. I'm not a David Bowie oh, fan. No. I don't like his music. I don't like him as an actor. I don't like his look. I just don't like David Bowie. Um, his his singing, uh, just his presence on screen. He he does fine in this movie, and he encompasses the whole like '80s fantasy vibe. But it's just hard for me to get past the fact that I don't like him. Um, I I actually had the same problem with watching Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. I really love Twin Peaks. I'm a huge fan, but then you throw David Bowie in there, and it makes me. Uh, I don't know. It just really? makes me feel a certain way. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it his persona or something off screen that he may have done? Man, that, I, I can't pinpoint it. I just, I'm, I really don't like his singing. I, I think he's a bad singer. Um, so not that that, sh- you know, should fault him for, for his acting or anything, but sure. just his whole presence, his whole, I think there's a lot of pretension with people who like David Bowie's music they think that they've stumbled across this really great cult underground thing. And I'm like, nah, this is a guy who has charted success. Like you're not special yeah. for liking David Bowie. Sorry to, <laughs> to break it to you. I, I don't know. I do have this problem and I can completely admit it. Whenever something's so mainstream and people feel so important for liking it, it does make me view it in a certain light. Not to say that some of the musicians around him didn't create some awesome music, but as far as what he contributed, I just don't see it as anything particularly special at all. And I feel the same way about his acting chops. Like he just doesn't have them to me. Did you have that that image of David Bowie growing up? Or is that something you you kind of developed and, you know, watching a movie now where he does the whole soundtrack, he acts, he sings in this movie. Uh, do you find it now as an adult, it turns you off more? I think it probably turns me off more as an adult now. Um, and I can definitely say watching this movie, uh, you know, sometime around the, a little while after it came out or whatever, however old I was, um, I didn't know who David Bowie was. Right. Um, my parents didn't listen to David Bowie or anything like that, but um, I just remember not liking him. He just creeped me out, which is probably okay for the character, but, sure. um, but I, I just remember not liking the songs in this, not liking his singing um, and not liking seeing him and liking everything else about the movie other than the parts with him. in it. I will say that a couple, a couple of the musical numbers were, I mean that the music, it didn't really, it's not something you would remember this movie for. Mm-hmm. Whereas other movies that come out in the next couple of years, like beauty and the beast, maybe they have like these amazing song and dance numbers this yeah, movie sure. has those and you don't expect it like when i started watching this movie again i was like i didn't remember so much singing and dancing in this movie yeah i feel like it's almost i don't know about you but for me when i was a little kid other than like an animated thing like a disney thing or something like that when it came to like musicals or or songs with a lot of music in them or sorry movies with a lot of music in them i feel like that was almost like the uh the makeout scenes from when I was a little, I just kind of turned my head or I didn't want to pay oh. attention when that <laughs> stuff was going on. Um, Which is crazy because you're, you're a big music guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm the same way. Even today, <laughs> if I have to watch, I think that's why I like the Disney Pixar kind of movies because there's no song and dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if there's going to be song and dance, I'm bored. I'm checking my phone and I can say this movie is guilty of letting me check my phone. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So this movie is, it's not 
aimed at us. It's no. not, it never was aimed at adults. I don't think. And if you watch this movie as an adult, it's, it's a lot, it's a much different experience than it could be as a kid. Yeah. You take away a lot of different things. Definitely. Well, it, it, it's almost like if you took something like Fraggle Rock or Eureka's Castle or um, uh, the Muppets or something, it's like an extended episode of something like that is what it seems like. The plot is really thin. Um, Very. It, yeah. It, it's, it's really just this one thing. There's not too many side characters or plots yep. or anything. Um, and it's just, it really could have, kind of been condensed down into like a 30 minute episode of something and still gotten the same thing across. Yes. There was some parts I noticed where they were a little stretched uh, a mm -hmm. couple scenes, just maybe carried on a little bit long. You're right. I don't know if this uh, is exactly a, a feature film, but now that it is, it's kind of, it's a cult film, I guess. Sure. Uh, either you've seen it. I don't know if this is a movie people still show to their kids growing up. <laughs> I I would venture so far as to say no, <laughs> This is it. Well, I, I'm not sure. I, I think you probably have some people from, uh, you know, that are around the same age range mm -hmm. as us um, who this was really impactful for. I, I do hear it talked about um, with the same crowd of people who like those fantasy movies like Never Ending Story, um, Dark Crystal, uh, even Legend and stuff like things sure. like that. P people do like this movie and it actually is people who are big David Bowie fans, they, they cite this a lot, especially the music in it, which is again, very odd to me because I feel like it's bad, but, um, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it's nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um, but I mean, people like what they like, so that's okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, whatever. Not, not <laughs> that's why we do these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so whatever, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Like it doesn't seem to have as much as an impact as some of those other, uh, movies that I talked about sure. or, you know, Dark Crystal obviously has a, a pretty big legacy. Neverending Story has how many sequels to it? I know there was a planned Labyrinth sequel that never happened. And I'm not sure when that was supposed to come out. It was supposed to be right after or much later or whatever. I mean, it's, it, it is a, uh, there's an ongoing comic book for, for Labyrinth. Um, but that's really the only legacy I see of it. Yeah, it's not a one of those movies that that lives in infamy. It's either not a lot of people have seen it, or yeah. it, there's other movies that that take the forefront. It it kind of has a lot of themes that you gotta look hard for. Mm -hmm. I guess a lot of little life lessons, uh, like the coming of age stuff and, and responsibility and making friends and the importance mm -hmm. of friends. <laughs> that as a kid, I mean, that's right right over my head. As yeah, a kid. sure. I noticed that and a lot of inspiration from the wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland. You can see that as well. It, it is interesting. I, I guess I should point out, I remember reading this when I was doing a little bit of research for it. Um, and, and, and I'm just remembering now, so I don't want to discount its legacy at all. There is a convention, a yearly convention for strictly for labyrinth. And I don't remember what it's called. Something to do with that dream sequence, uh, of, of, uh, Jennifer Conley and, and David Bowie and the little, uh, fantasy sequence where they're dancing at the ball or whatever masquerade yeah, that was, ball is that what it's that called? was very odd uh, i guess <laughs> you could say that dream <laughs> yeah but yeah. Uh, but um th there is a, a convention that's named uh i don't know something to do with that and it's like a yearly convention that people go to and they dress up as characters and stuff so there is a legacy for this there is a cult following um I'm just not a part of it, but no. <laughs> it, it exists. I, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm in on that that ship. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're definitely not. Now that's the, we're gonna get to our final verdict, obviously at the very mm -hmm. end. <laughs> I did want to touch on like the animatronics on this. Do yeah. you think that's something that hurts this movie, or is it like in the time of E.T., Never Ending Story, and Jaws, like? Is it, I shouldn't say Jaws because that's in the seventies, but like, <laughs> is this pretty bad compared to some of the other examples? No, I would say that's the most charming part of this movie to me. Um, it does have like a lower budget feel to me. Mm -hmm. Like, like I said, it's kind of more something I would expect out of like a television episode versus like a big budget movie where, where I feel like something like never ending story did a, did a much better job with, with what they did and, and dark crystal and stuff like that. Yeah but I do feel like it is very charming. Um, I, I do like the Muppets for, for lack of a better word, the animatronics, all that. Um, I, I think those, and then Jennifer Conley are definitely the best part of this. Yes. Yes. Definitely something that, that holds a movie together is mm -hmm. seeing a, a young Jennifer Connelly like that. It's, it's like, wow, 
Yeah. She doesn't really make it big until, well, I mean, the first thing I think I've ever seen her in was uh, Requiem for a Dream. Uh-huh. She's definitely a much not different a different movie than this. <laughs> a little bit. Like there's yeah, differences, yeah. subtle differences. Just a couple. You know. There's no David Bowie in that one. But. No, there isn't, but there's Jared Leto. So who's <laughs> <Sure>. worse? <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that one up to debate. Let us know if you're listening to this. Who, sure, do you, sure. are, who are you less of a fan of, Jared Leto or David Bowie? I, I like uh, that. <laughs> that. That David Bowie take of yours is definitely the hottest take of any episode we recorded. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm probably going to get a little hate for that one. I'm okay with it, though. I expected that uh, to happen. There's a lot of people who grew up with David Bowie and he's a really important figure in their lives. And I know sure. that. Um, so I'm not trying to uh, downplay an idol to somebody or whatever. And, and it sucks that he didn't, you know, that his life was cut short and, and, and everything that he went through and all that. But God, I just can't stand his uh, vocal performance. Not a fan. Art is <laughs> yeah. subjective. Very. <laughs> if you don't like our opinion here. Well, too bad. Yeah, there you go. Get, go listen to the David Bowie fan cast. I'm sure there's plenty of those. Out. Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be hundreds of them. <laughs> sure. All right. So before we get to awards, I just want to touch on the box office from 1986 when this oh, movie good. came out. I like this. <laughs> um, some big names in this year. Top Gun, number one at the box office that year worldwide. Any surprise? I haven't heard of that movie, no. No, you haven't seen Top Gun? I think no. it's got a, a, like a plane or something. I think it has to do with like a gun on a top shelf or oh, something. I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, some notable... my Top Gun and this is my bottom gun. <laughs> <laughs> There's your sequel. <laughs> bottom gun. That's what they should have named it. That would have been much better. That Maverick, what hilarious. the hell's that? Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some uh, other sequels uh, that year. Aliens comes out. Uh, that's okay. number three at the box office. Uh, we got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm just going down the list because uh, surpri- unsurprisingly to me, Labyrinth didn't make any top 10 lists that mm-hmm. year. <laughs> other movies that came out, The Fly Beats It. And then coming in at number 62 with $13 million in 86 money. That's pretty huge. Yeah. Uh, it was Labyrinth. Um, okay. Yeah. Obviously so not. St- still successful, but not uh, anywhere near the top there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Within the top 70, I think that's mm-hmm. a success considering sure. how many movies come out every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we it's to be expected, but it did get beat by, and this is surprising, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. <laughs> oh, good, good. I mean, look, in, in, in all uh, seriousness, every Friday the 13th movie is better than this movie. Oh, okay. That's another hot take, too. Yeah, hot, hot take again. I mean, come on. even Jason goes to hell. I'll take yeah. Jason, Jason in space, whatever. I oh, think man. this is probably the third time we've called back uh, Jason goes to space. What's the yeah, name of that I, movie? Jason X, maybe? Jason X. I think yeah. that might uh, that might warrant a, an episode. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Box Office 86, a uh, lot of competition that year. Not surprising that it only rakes in 13. It's 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 a it's a kids movie. It's uh, if it's released this day and age, is it a straight to Disney plus movie. I think so. Yeah, probably. And going back to that, I do feel like whether you love this movie or you don't like it, or you're kind of more middle of the road, like I am. And it maybe seems kind of like you are. I don't think that this is really too many people's like favorite movie. You might have a few people who say this is their favorite movie, but I think if you were to poll people and you were to throw out a lot of those big fantasy movies from the eighties, sci-fi movies, even Um, This would probably be on people's list, but I don't think it would be near the top. I think that you would have, I I, I keep saying never ending story, but you would have something like never ending story above this. You would have dark crystal. You would have legend. You would have things like that, uh, that, that go above this. There's, there's quite a few fantasy movies out there and this is, there's nothing that makes this movie stand out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a way that other, like the wizard of Oz is going to be a a timeless classic where it's the same kind of story. Um, so it's, it pulls from other pieces of, of pop culture, but it doesn't blend them together as well as it should to make such a good movie. Mm -hmm. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I I would even say something like Willow or something would probably be like rank a little higher. I mean, I I can't, uh, speak other people's opinions, but I, I do feel like if you put out a poll or something, it would probably rank a little higher, um, than, than something like, uh, Labyrinth. Yep, that's fair. Totally fair to say. Uh, now we get to the awards ceremony. Let's start with our best scenes. What uh, you want to you want to kick this one off? 
Yeah. Um, my favorite scene in this movie is a very odd scene. It's probably not your favorite scene. Okay. <laughs> um, probably not a lot of people's favorite scene, but I like the fire gang scene. It's really, really weird. And it actually is a musical number, um, which is odd because I just got through saying that I wasn't a huge fan of those. You were not a fan movie. of the David Bowie music. Yes. Number. Yes. Well, there you go. So maybe, maybe that's why, but um it's a lot of fun. I really like to see Sarah silently interact with the gang as they sing and dance and, uh, and just what's going on there. It's a really weird, weird scene planted in this movie. And and I do like that a lot. It it is interesting. And you're watching it. I remember watching it and being like, well, how is she going to get out of this one? And there's always (laughs) those situations where like, how does she get out? And Mm -hmm. and it's something as simple as, as taking their heads off and then, (laughs) Oh, that's against the rules. You can't do that. (laughs) Good scene. Uh, I I can understand why you liked it. The the song was catchy, a little catchy, Mm -hmm. uh, probably the most catchy of, of the songs in this movie. Yeah. I'd have to Um, agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely, but a little bit, I, I, again, this might age the worst, but some, some cultures might be offended by like, if you were to remake that this day and age. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I would assume so. Um, And it's, it's one of those weird situations where you look back on something without context of, of modern day life or whatever. And you just think about it as a piece in, in the time period that it came out and it doesn't always maybe strike those same chords to you that it would. But yeah, I think if it came out now that that definitely would at least be somewhat problematic. There's some changes, some little mm-hmm. tweaks, I think to that scene. Sure. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine was definitely the, uh, the bog of eternal stench. <laughs> yeah. No, that's um, a good one. Yeah. It, it, it triggered like a childish, immature sense of comedy that I have. Oh yeah. Where, uh-huh. where this bog is, it's constantly making burp and fart sounds. Sure. And that's something 10 year old me would, would just laugh at. And I still, I was watching this and thinking like, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> that they they were they would do that in this movie uh, to make kids laugh and again that's that's the the main goal but um a pretty cool scene the animatronics and and it's just like a a scene where they just they gather in friends to take on kind of like wizard of oz with the with the cowardly mm-hmm. lion yada yada you can see parallels there and that's i think where that scene was where it hit me i'm like wow this is very much just a retelling of the wizard of oz yeah, it really is. And I like the fact that you pointed out that that kind of uh, scratched that itch for that. I, I'm not sure what year you were 10 years old. You don't have to reveal that for any reason. But <laughs> I, I would say in the late 80s, early 90s to mid 90s, whatever, that was such a big thing for us growing up um, that Nickelodeon, that even MTV and stuff, it was a lot of uh, burp fart jokes it was a lot of obscene gross out comedy for children i remember getting nickelodeon magazine and there were little comics in it it was just people farting and burping uh ren and stimpy came out with their first comic book issue and the cover was a scratch and sniff of like a fart smell and like it was just yeah just everything and you had beavis and butthead and stuff like that everything was just kind of like kid gross out comedy that was really big so to have a bog of eternal stench was definitely perfect for uh for something like that it, it made me laugh it was yeah. uh, one of, one of the, the highlights of the movie um worst scene do you have a part of this movie where you just you're out i know we both would agree that the musical numbers are you know a, a check your phone moment yeah absolutely um i do have one uh i actually when i was researching for this a lot of people said that this was problematic um i could see their take on that I, again, really didn't view it like that because I guess I'm viewing it from the lens of, of the time period that it came out and it mm. just didn't seem like a like a big deal. But um, I, I really don't like that masquerade ball dream scene. It feels so odd. And even as a child, I remember not knowing what was going on. Um, I get that she's having a dream and stuff, but I didn't understand why that stuff was happening in her dream. Um, and I guess... I didn't really have this perspective, but, uh, you know, reading about it, doing research or whatever. Um, it seems like a lot of people are saying that, uh, you know, maybe, uh, Jareth was kind of projecting to, to her some way that, that he was in love with her. Or she was in love with him or something. Um, 
And obviously she's uh, playing a 16 year old child and he's an adult. So yes, so we have that part of it, but (laughs) I agree. As I was watching that scene, I thought, what is, what is going on here? This is oddly like, it wasn't like a, like a scary intimidating factor. It was more like a seductive David Bowie factor. Yeah. And look, you got to think about some of these older musicians that came out like in the sixties and seventies and, and, and that kind of thing. And I don't mean to stereotype them or anything sure. like that. They're all individual people who have individual experiences and did their own things. So I don't know of any accusations against David Bowie or anything like that. And I'm not implying that he has any, but you have to think of like, a lot of times you hear these stories of these classic rock musicians and they had 14 year old uh, girls back at home or whatever that they were uh, grooming and maybe told their parents uh, they were going to take care of them and stuff like that. And they were really doing more obscene things than that. And it it makes you think like, ah, this is a little creepy. (laughs) Like this is the eighties was like an era before, I guess everybody knew about everything that goes on. Uh-huh. There yeah, was more yeah. places to hide. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you're right. Problematic is a good word for that particular scene. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely, it made me like when a dog tilts its head, I'm like, what, mm-hmm. what am I watching here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it also had that from my memory, I didn't write this down, but just as I'm recollecting, I feel like it had that kind of weird camera effect to it. That dream sequence effect yep. that they put on where it makes it kind of blurry looking that, that old like eighties uh, soap opera looking camera effect to it. And I, I really don't ever like that. Uh, I can never think of a time where that looks good to me. It, it definitely timestamps it mm-hmm. in the eighties. It says, Hey, yeah. this movie's from the eighties. Uh, there's a lot of that in this movie. Uh, yeah, this, is, sure. this is from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a good amount of, <laughs> Um, favorite character or actor in this movie? I know you said did, uh, my, my actually, I, I quite enjoyed David Bowie. I thought okay. of of the acting chops in this movie. I mean, it, it is what it is. How do you act around like animatronics or Muppets mm-hmm. all the time? It might be a little more difficult. And I know Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie both said because the Muppets don't talk, like their mouths don't move to the words of the script, it made it a little more difficult. To sure. act with these these Muppets, so I, like I can totally understand that. But I was always a, a I, I actually enjoyed seeing David Bowie. And a little fact I, I I read is that when he was maneuvering the crystal ball, the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie in her room, those were actually the hands of a choreographer, and okay. not David Bowie himself. Yeah, that's a really odd talent to have. Either way, um, I remember there was an infomercial maybe back in the early two thousands for something like that, they had these weird balls and they're like, you can perform these magic tricks too. And like, we're kind of doing this and I'm like, that's just the thing from labyrinth. Like what, what, what the hell are we advertising this 20 years later for? It, um, it is really cool that you can, you can like, now you tie that to labyrinth or yeah. you tie one thing. So definitely, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Some of the characters like the Muppets, uh, Sir Didymus mm-hmm. was a riot. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the dog there, I thought that was uh, pretty funny, and and it's that little comedy that that was written in this movie. So I honestly forgot to uh, to write this one down, so oh, I don't okay. remember the, the character's name. So I I would look, I would butcher it even trying to remember the character's name or describe him in any way. It's the it's the little or sorry, the big dude who's like hanging from the tree and. and and he gets rescued and then he's kind of yeah. got the horns and he, I, I can't remember the character's name. Oh, man, I really like him a name? lot, but, but I can't remember. I literally watched it like this movie two days yeah. ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember it. Look, you'll edit it in and I'll sound super professional with your voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just edit like a, oh. Oh, if I hold on, I can't even type labyrinth. Labyrinth is the weirdest word to type. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, see, I can't. L a b y r i n t h. Jesus. Uh-huh. Also, mm-hmm. finding this movie was a treat. Oh yeah, it's not streaming yeah, I mean, anywhere. Let me guess, it's on HBO Max for you, right? Even better, it's on this weird like free service um, where you don't have to subscribe to it. It's called Tubi. There's no um, commercials or anything, and oh. it's just, just like watching YouTube basically. I have that here. Uh, I, I watched one movie on it, but of course. Where I live in the middle of nowhere, it's it's not <laughs> streaming anywhere. 
Uh, what was I looking up here? Oh, the yeah. name of the the yeah, the, the character. Uh, not Hoggle, Ludo. Ludo, that's his Ludo. name. That's his name. Yes, yes, Ludo. Okay, I, I I did particularly enjoy Ludo. He's got that uh, big uh, kind of muscle dude thing going on, but he's huge, softy, and uh, yeah, yeah. Recasting roles. Uh, I don't know how much recasting you can do. I did did read a bunch about potential recasting, and I, I don't know if you read the same thing. Yeah, I like that. I'd like to go over some of that because I've got okay. notes here too about some of the auditions. Um, it, really, it's just the two main characters. Um, yes. But yeah, I saw that they had auditions for the lead role in, in 84 and Helen Bonham Carter was auditioned for the role, but they passed on her in favor of an American actress instead. Uh, so I, I can't yeah, say Yeah, Helen Bonham, Bonham Carter. Carter. Yeah. Okay, right. that's what I was saying. Okay, Tim, okay. Tim Burton's wife, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I think so. I, that could have been super interesting. She's got a look to her. Um, so so that could have been cool. Yeah. I don't know how she was in the in the early to mid 80s, but I think now she's really a lot like associated with the Tim Burton type movies. Like oh, yeah. Definitely. Bride and uh-huh. uh, so, yeah, you're right. She does fit the mold of a movie like this. But yeah, they they also auditioned Sarah Jessica Parker, Marissa Tomei, Laura Dern and, and, and quite a few other people. But Jennifer Conley uh, got the role and uh, she was 14 at the time whenever she auditioned for this that's insane it's cool to see like the roots and where these where you think jennifer conley is like uh you know broke out into stardom at, at later on in life yeah you go yeah. back to 86 and and she's 14 in this or 16 in this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to see yeah just crazy um I, i'd like to think what this could have been like with with somebody like uh who's who's more well known for for what they've come out and done like somebody like sarah jessica parker can you imagine her <laughs> in, in that role or marissa tomei laura dern some of these people that you associate very specifically with other things yeah um being like a uh, young sarah in this movie would have just been super interesting to me i'd like to like see some of those audition tapes if they're out there um that would be super interesting yeah um and then also looks like they considered Sting, Prince, Mick Jagger, and Michael Jackson before choosing David Bowie. Um, so all of that would have made a completely different movie as well. Uh, each so, one of them have such personality. They are. They're each. When uh, you read all of those names, I'm like, wow, they're they're all great <laughs> musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can tell they obviously created this movie as to be somewhat of a musical. Yeah, definitely. You could say so. Um, of those who. <laughs> Who do you choose or who's first of all, I'll ask you this uh-huh. of those guys. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite musician on that list? Man, that's a hard one. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Sting, so I can go ahead and leave him okay. off the table. I don't like the police or Sting solo very much. Um, I really like Prince a lot. Prince is fucking amazing. Um, if you do like even just a little tiny bit of surface level research into Prince, like he's this phenomenal bass player. Um, he can play every instrument that that's recorded on his, on his songs. Um, he writes and plays that stuff like to the highest level. Um, and then also sings like that, which is just insane. Mick Jagger's a really cool musician because he's got this cool, unique voice. He writes really cool down to earth, like working man kind of stuff. And he's got a cool vibe to him, but, but at the same time, it's Mick Jagger. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of cocaine. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. And then uh, Michael Jackson, I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to be between Michael Jackson and Prince, but I think as far as seeing act in this movie opposite Jennifer Conley, I think Prince really would have done an awesome job. It just sucks that uh, he would be so short and then it would kind of look a little awkward um, for him to be the Goblin King and be shorter than Sarah. But uh, wait, how tall is Prince? I, I remember him being like super short, like maybe he's under five feet tall or something. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, because you you see them on TV, you see them in music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think they're all like six foot five, yeah, yeah, and, and just shining with like beams of light. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I do a short dude. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of of Prince doing that. Yeah. Um, they could put the instruments into it a little bit more. I think oh, yeah. the music you're right would be a little more enjoyable because mm-hmm. there's a lot more Prince songs. I think I enjoy than Oh yeah. 
than David Bowie. I'm, I might correct myself <laughs> down the road, but yes, yeah, so some really interesting ones. And it's, I love those. What ifs like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what if Michael Jackson, like, does he have the same authenticity or, or dedication that, that even David Bowie has, or could he pull it off? I don't know because I try to, once, once I read that, Obviously, Mick Jagger has been in things. Prince definitely has been has acted in things. I'm not sure about Sting's acting career, but um, Michael Jackson, that's where I kind of don't know. I remember Michael Jackson having these really cool videos with actors in them and acted out parts, but he was never part of that. He was just kind of the singer in it. Um, yes. So I can't there's not much I can remember with Michael Jackson actually acting. So I don't know how he is as an actor. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could get behind the Michael Jackson because to me, he's just a, a music performer, mm-hmm. the legend of Michael Jackson. I don't ever, I don't see him doing interviews. I never heard him talk. I just, it's just mm-hmm. singing all the time. Sure. So. Uh, and, and he's got that really, really soft demeanor. Uh, okay. Now maybe I take it back. Was Michael Jackson in the Wiz? Oh, not a film I've seen. Was he so in the I... Wizard of Oz sequel? <laughs> um, I, for some reason, I feel like he was, uh, I hate to say that and not have a cold hard fact in front of me and be wrong, but <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to fact check that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's a quick fact check session. I'll add a little little funny music. Um, looks like he was the cowardly lion. Very interesting. Okay, so so he's got at least some acting chops somewhere. Um. Yeah, but a sequel to The Wizard of Oz or like a, <laughs> yeah. a, a soft reboot of The Wizard of Oz, I mm-hmm, guess it's all mm-hmm. the same, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he yeah, seems they, a little more soft-spoken than, than David Bowie as well. But. Yeah, and you need that that little bit of intensity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially when you're a, a cool goblin king named Jareth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the name that does it, really. Jareth. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> It's not. You're right. That's not a scary name. No, it's, it's the name. I mean, I, look, you. It, it's a commanding name. Bow before me. I am Jareth. You know, okay. that, that's got some power behind it. Um, it doesn't matter who's saying it. <laughs> if they would have named him Steve or something. Anybody could play it. There you go. Or Zod. Yeah, I'm um, sorry about Steve's out there. <laughs> Steve's, yeah. <laughs> what has aged the best in this movie? Um. My candidates were uh, the story, and this is a movie to teach kids about growing up. Mm-hmm. I think um, kind of they're almost this day and age platitudes where it's these moral messages where like, yeah, I've seen this a million times. Um, learn responsibility, you know, your con- actions have con- consequences, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty dominant in this movie. If you're watching it as an adult, you can see these things. Um, like the like the the Muppets coming back in the end. Like if you need anything, just call. It's kind of like uh-huh. a like a coping mechanism almost, if you will, yep. uh, to 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 venture into adulthood. Um, so I think those aged pretty well. Uh, and the movie is still a cult classic that you know so many movies get made every year and so many movies get forgotten mm-hmm. uh, by the wayside that people just don't watch. But Labyrinth. It, it comes up and it's it's on these top 10 lists uh you know it's it's one of david bowie's only only movies that he's ever been a part of mm-hmm. so it, it kind of lives on like that and i thought you know there's not a lot in this movie that that ages really really well but those are the things that i could i could pick out it's interesting going back over my notes here because i that's where I, I wrote in the part about the convention. Um, I thought maybe I just left it off my notes, but I, I do have it here. Um, so I would say that it's hard to pick out one thing that aged well or poorly or anything like that. Really. It's more like this whole thing did age pretty well. Um, my particular experience going back and watching it and not like absolutely loving it doesn't mean that it aged poorly or anything. Um sure. But it does. It's got its own convention that people go to. It has uh, video games. It's got books. It, there's comic books that are still ongoing right now for it. Um, just this year, actually, it got a 36-hole mini golf VR game. Um, so oh, wow. <laughs> people are still out there in, in the world. Uh, people still talk about it. Uh, Lucasfilm and the Jim Henson Company have both aged particularly well. Um, Huge. So it, it would be hard to say that this didn't have a lot of 
aspects of it that aged very well. Um, if you're just taking th- those things from it as opposed to particular plot points or anything like that. Yeah. It's not a movie you watch because you want an in-depth drama story. Sure. Uh, it, it's very simple. You just put it on for the kids and, and let it, let it roll. I, I don't know. I mean, it could be super easy to convolute it too, I guess, but, but for sure uh, she's got to get here's Sarah, her baby brother gets taken away by a, a goblin and now she's got to go get her baby brother back, and she does the end. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> simple, simple. Yeah. I mean, you could throw all that other stuff in there, but but that's the story. <laughs> there you go. What has aged the worst? Um, listening to this, the soundtrack was very much, like I said earlier, the most 80s thing. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of saxophone. Sure, sure. <laughs> this soundtrack and animatronics put this movie right in the 80s. There's no way you could say... This is a 90s movie, and it sure certainly isn't a movie from the 70s. It's There's a lot of things about this movie that timestamp it. Um, Does it mean it's aged bad? No, but it's it's showed its age. And I think what you said about the uh, what were they called? The the one musical number that you enjoyed um, with Uh, those the red things stab their own eyes out, (laughs) which was horrifying. uh, The fire gang. Yes. Yeah. Stuff like that may be aged uh, a little worse than, than other things, but uh, <laughs> no, it's, you got to watch this movie as a product of 86. Sure. And keep your mind on that. Yeah. And, and that's a look, it's easy to go one way or the other on that. Um, it is easy sometimes to just completely negate any uh, social aspects that maybe don't agree with the times yep. um, and just watch something as a purely nostalgic factor or, or, hey, this was made in this time, so this is how it is, whatever, and kind of leave it at that. Then it's also easy to look at it the other way and really uh, poke at it and say, hey, this isn't okay. People should be talking about this and why it's not okay. I think as long as you acknowledge that as a whole or as a society or whatever, mm. that we've moved past certain things like that and they're not okay to do now, then I think sometimes it's still okay to enjoy that uh, from the past for, for what it is. Um, but those go into some real deep social uh, rules and constraints that we're not professionals on here. So um, I don't pretend to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that happens. It's just a, it's just a thing that happens. Things are a product of their time. Yes. Um, does that I mean that they, they completely just can't be enjoyed? I personally don't think so. Um, but I think it is important to call those things out and, yeah. and say, we're not going to repeat the past. Exactly. To, to be aware of it and say like, Hey, if this movie ever got remade, we're not, we're just going to yeah. leave that out. <laughs> Let's leave this part out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what, what do you think aged the worst? Um, this is really more of an opportunity for me to talk about another scene that I just don't like Okay, <laughs> that MC Escher painting type scene, uh, towards the end there, Jareth is on the upside down staircase and, and, and all of that. Yep. Look, I was so confused. I was so, I just felt weird. I just didn't like that scene. And, and I know I have to say that it aged poorly. So I'm going to say it aged poorly because David Bowie's unbearable falsetto singing aged poorly for oh <laughs> <laughs> i mean look david bowie already can't sing but please don't go into falsetto <laughs> i guess that would would only make it worse yeah. um i'm gonna have to go back and, and listen to that because again yeah, it was a well, musical number yourself. so it was <laughs> yeah. right at the end of the movie <laughs> and i was not that i was bored of this movie but as an adult watching this movie it's not aimed at me and i know sure. that so I, I kind of watch it out of the corner of my eye instead, uh-huh. and, and that was one of those scenes where I, I thought, okay, there's, there's 20 minutes left. Yep. This is it. This is the showdown, but I, I will give it props in the fact that it didn't lead to some big sword battle with a boss where they mm-hmm, banished mm-hmm. the boss or the, the villain, the main villain to whatever, whatever they do with villains nowadays. I I'm glad, I'm glad it, it kind of ended with a moral, like mm-hmm. a theme of the story and it was short and sweet. It is interesting how it wraps, like how the whole thing just kind of ends there, how it's not super climactic, even though there is a lot of buildup to it. It is mm-hmm. interesting that they went that route, but I, I, I applaud it for that. That's, yeah. that's different. That's something different that they did. Um, and they didn't follow that strict uh, same format that kind of everything else in the fantasy, sorry, fantasy and uh, sci-fi realm was at the time. 
Yeah, so so sorry to our, our David Bowie fans out there. This, <laughs> yes, my apologies. This this ain't it. Everybody raves about this movie because of David Bowie, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm starting to see your 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 side of the the story, um, where it's just it was a little out of place, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, I I would agree. It it seems to stick out like a sore thumb. So if this movie's made in 2022, I don't know if this movie gets spinoffs or sequels. I think this might get a remake, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Eh? I don't know. I mean, look, there's plenty there to grab from. Um, there's a whole, whether it's completely fleshed out or not, they did do a lot with the world. There is world building. Um, you could definitely venture off into some of Jareth's side quest, uh, prequel, whatever. You could explore the labyrinth a little more. Um there's a lot that you could do in this realm because a lot's really left unexplained. You just kind of start out with you're showing that Sarah's very into this uh, fantasy world in her mind and book reading and stuff like that. And can you take that and, and explore that whole world or different worlds in that Avenue? Um, Yeah, I think you definitely could. I think there's plenty for at least a sequel to come out of this. I don't really think it's needed. I like this as a standalone and I haven't read the comics or books that came after it to see uh, what kind of stories they go into. But yeah, I I feel like there's enough there to pull from. Definitely. There is. But if this movie comes out today, like we mentioned earlier, it it's, it's like a straight to straight to Netflix or Mm -hmm. straight Mm -hmm. to DVD. I guess it's the same kind of punishment now than streaming DVD. So I don't know if, if the success of this movie would, if it, if it, even is a success mm-hmm. this day and age, or if it just, you know, is a one and done thing, um, which you're, you're right there. There's an opportunity for expansion, but I don't think they take the risk for it. I, I have to say, I don't, I don't think they, they go any further with this movie. Uh, yeah. Especially off of what it made in the box office, the year mm-hmm. it was released. Yeah. I, I don't see any purpose for that. Um, really kind of now you do it, how some of these projects do where you do it for the cult fandom of it. Sure. Um, and you kind of bleed that dry, um, wh- which happens uh, to a lot of properties, but yeah, I, I think that's really the only reason you do anything else with it. <laughs> where does I, we can do Nick Cage or Matthew Lillard, your choice. Sure, sure. This is hard. Um, there's obviously not a lot of characters here. Yep. Um, I'm going to go back with Nick Cage, but but Jesus Christ, uh, imagine Nick Cage as Jareth. I, I was thinking that when yeah, I was I mean, answering these questions. Gotta be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he. I, I don't think Nick Cage can sing. Maybe he can. Maybe he proves me wrong and comes out with a musical this year. But um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> me too. But maybe it would be even better. Maybe you throw Nick Cage in that role and there's no singing in this movie. And <laughs> I'd be totally okay with it. I think he'd yeah, get a little bit more more menacing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He could definitely handle the role. Oh, totally. Totally. And this would be a really young Nicolas Cage yeah, perfect. in this role. So I think I think I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it's a, a better movie if Nicolas Cage is in instead of David Bowie. I agree. I'll, probably gonna catch heat for that. The numbers would be way higher with Nick Cage. Oh, this would be in like the rock territory or con Absolutely. air territory. <laughs> it would be top gun, bottom gun, then labyrinth on the uh, bottom. <laughs> Nick Cage in Bottom Gun. <laughs> what is is there any quotes that kind of popped out at you in this movie? There's a there's a couple. Um, I looked around online just to see what other people thought, mm-hmm. and there are quite a few quotes in here, but none of them were quotable to me. It was anything that I remembered or anything like that. I just had to, you know, kind of pull one out. I was as I was watching it this time. There is one, and I only noticed it because I had the closed captioning on. I don't know if you watch your movies with closed captioning, but I do for whatever reason because I miss it, a lot. It depends on the on the day, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I, I do it a lot. Just uh, Maybe I'm hard of hearing. I don't know. But um, there was one scene where – I don't know if you remember where Sarah's marking the little uh, stones and then the, the little creatures come up and turn them the other way. Yes. Um, there's one where maybe it was the first one or second one or something – but one of them pops up and says something, and I actually don't have the quote in front of me, but it, it gets very upset and says that her mother's a possum or something, something strange like that. Again, I only caught it because of the closed captioning, but, um, but my favorite quote of this movie is at the very beginning where Sarah's going to go on the journey through the labyrinth and everything. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, come on feet. 
Yep. Like, it's so fun. Like it's it's it encompasses this whole movie. Like, okay, you don't need any explanation of anything. This is where we're going. Let's go. That's it. It's it's simple. It, it starts the journey. You're right. It, that on, when she said that, I had to. I had. To, I did like a double take. I'm like, uh-huh. feet. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um. I like it. Though. Not many. You're right. It's not a very quotable movie. Not something I would bring in in real life. But I, I found it interesting that the, the interesting riddle about uh, with the two doors and which one's lying. Uh-huh. I've had that riddle poised to me, you know, throughout life. And it's, it's interesting to see where I don't know if that's necessarily where it came from, mm-hmm. but it's cool that that, you know, people know that riddle. It's yeah. it's pretty oh, yeah. common and, and it plays a, a big part in this movie. It was pretty, pretty cool to see. Uh, what piece of movie memorabilia would you keep from this film? This one was so hard. Um, yeah. I don't even feel like there's anything here. Uh, of course, Sarah has all of the little things in her room and the bears and, and all of that. None of that seems very fun or iconic from this movie or that anyone would even be like, hey, that's from Labyrinth. Uh, you could go with uh, David Bowie's Crystal Balls, but that sounds weird and I don't want that. Um, <laughs> there's... <laughs> There's just not much uh, to pull from here other than the little Muppets. And they're not really props uh, very much as they're more kind of characters. Um, So I'll just go with uh, Jareth's eye makeup. Sure. Why not? Oh, wow. His eye makeup. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just just to have something. I kind of, I was looking at him like, this looks like he did this in 30 seconds backstage. By himself, yes. Yes, by himself, exactly. Or he just came from a concert <laughs> yeah, and, and the film, too. right? Uh, I, I, a couple of my options were the Labyrinth book that she uh, gets this whole story from, mm-hmm. and it, it was interesting to me because as I'm watching this, and, and in the end, it's like, is this all in her head? Is this a dream? Is this what is this? Go ahead and say it. A Jacob's Ladder scenario. That's. I never thought about that watching this, uh, you know, when I was younger or anything. Um, but yeah, maybe I, I just probably wasn't smart enough or had any perspective or whatever. But yeah, watching this now, that's all I could think too. Is this supposed to have happened? Is this supposed to be like a little daydream she had? Um, what is going on here? Is she really just kind of pissed that her parents gave her or, or her, her dad and her stepmom or whatever gave her baby brother, her bear. And then she went in a room to pout and took a nap. And then this happened and she woke up. Like, I, I don't really know. It doesn't make you think either way. So I'm not sure if she was writing the story in that red book, the labyrinth book, I think that would have made more sense that she was just rereading her story to herself, kind of escaping uh-huh. this fantasy world. Cause she's a, an angsty teenager who doesn't want to babysit. Right. Uh-huh. It's, it's, a, it's a timeless story. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, so, at the end, what do we rank this film out of 10 and why? I, you alluded to it. I really want to know where, where this movie sits for you on the scale. I'm, I'm going to do something I've never done before here. Okay. This is very different. Uh, I can't get to that yet. I have okay. to throw something at you um, before I can do that. And this look, this has been on my notes here for a while. It's something that I mean to do every episode, but I just haven't found the time to do it yet. Oh, and sweet. Okay. Here. So this is probably the very worst movie that this could happen to. So oh. my apologies in advance. No, um, no, I love it. Uh, you're in the writer's room and you have to turn this movie into a 22 minute full house episode. Go. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay muppets meet full house uh that's tough that is tough because i feel like a lot of episodes of full house mirror the kind of life values or or stuff with just different characters where uh was it load Lodu or ludo ludo yeah. yeah ludo may be this this muppet in this movie but it's actually danny tanner in full house <laughs> yeah so <laughs> If I could, man, 20 minutes, honestly, you could easily condense this movie into 22 minutes. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's not hard. <laughs> not at all. Um, you cut a lot of fat out of this. <laughs> yeah, you just you just have the the king is 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 definitely representative of like you know the parents and like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. taking all the power and they have all the the they the say and she has to kind of stand up against it. it it's tough, but I feel like you could easily do that. Mm-hmm. 
if if I was making enough money to do that, <laughs> you want to sit me down in a writer's room? I think it could be done, but I don't know. Like I don't want to turn that around on you, but like how how do you how do you think it works out? Same thing. Look, I I say you take something. Uh, what's the middle daughter's name? Stephanie was that her name? Ah, uh, no. yes, yeah, I, okay. I think so. So you take somebody like Stephanie. Look, she's already the middle child. Um, there's a lot there uh, with being a middle child. You feel shitted on a lot. You don't get the luxury of uh, of being the firstborn. So they kind of get away with a lot. And you're definitely not the youngest. So they're the baby. So so whatever. So you, you take Stephanie and you throw her in a situation where she maybe has to uh, maybe somewhere along the same line. She's got a baby. What's the babe? What, what's the what's Michelle? Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen? Yeah, is it Michelle? Is that the, the kid's I, name? I'm gonna I go would, with Michelle. I have no you're the, you're the full house pro. <laughs> I think DJ is the older sister, Stephanie's the middle, and Michelle is the youngest. I sounds think right to me. Yes, that's what I'm going with. So you take Stephanie and dad Danny Tanner and and all of his uh brothers who live with them or whatever, uh, all go out to their motorcycle gang meeting or whatever the hell they're doing for the night, and they say. Yeah, let's say DJ's uh, over at her cool friend's house who lives next door. And, and they say, Stephanie, we need you to watch Michelle for the night. And she goes, Oh boy. Or whatever kind of cool catchphrase she says. Yep. <laughs> um, and then she's got to watch, watch her, uh, her little sister. And, and then from there, you kind of take the same concept. Let's say she's reading a book. Let's not make it the same exact story as labyrinth, but sure. she's reading some kind of uh Better yet, she's reading The Wizard of Oz. We do a oh, Wizard wow. of Look Oz take. We take each one of the characters from the Full House family and make them the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and, and all of that stuff, sure. the wizard himself. And then you have her go through this whole thing only to realize that she loves her baby sister and, and wants her around in the end. I am willing to bet that is already an episode of Full House. But. Sure, sure. That was a very, very long, convoluted uh, writer's room. You'll have to excuse me. I'll have to edit myself. But um, but yeah, that's that's where we'll go. No, I, I like that concept. I think we uh, we should do that for Jason X. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so with that being said, mm-hmm. is does the fact that this can be condensed in twenty two minutes does that affect your rating on this movie? Yeah, this is look, this is a big one. This is I'm going to go no, I'm I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll I'll do I'll do my exposition dump. Um <laughs> Okay. This this is a a fun movie. Um this is a nostalgic movie. I did watch this growing up. I do not feel like I watched this as many times as I watched those other movies in the same genre that I have stated so many times. Legend, Willow, Neverending Story, yep. Dark Crystal, all of that. I don't feel like it was on the uh, playlist as much as those were, but but it was a part of my childhood. I honestly remember being a little scared of this movie because of David Bowie. I do feel like that factors in somewhat. My distaste for David Bowie is definitely going to factor in here, but I do feel like that's fair because... You're watching a movie with someone in that you don't like. I'm not going to lie. Whenever we finally get to Titanic or something like that, I, I'm going to have to factor in the fact that I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio too. Oh. I like Fair. that movie, but I don't like him as an actor. Um, okay. I don't think he's good, and I think he's very overrated. This isn't about him. That's another hot take. I'll keep quiet. <laughs> but um, Three. Three yeah, in one episode. I'm, I'm going for it tonight. But look, this is a, a cool concept. I really like how streamlined and how simple this is. We talked about cutting the fat a minute ago. There's a lot of fat to cut here, and most of it is in those musical numbers. They don't seem important. Um, I feel like there's only two that even have any reason to be in the movie. And that's kind of when we're introduced to uh, the the whole goblin crew with uh, yes. David Bowie leading them. And, and the, I think it's dance magic dance maybe is the name of that. That one seems to have somewhat of a purpose. Um, of course I talked about the fire gang and how we agreed that they're a little problematic, but sure. I could see the reason for the exposition in the uh, song there. So mm-hmm. other than that, I feel like all the rest of the musical numbers in this piece are garbage and don't belong in it. Yep. The characters are fun and lighthearted, but they don't seem very fleshed out uh, with the exception of Sarah. I feel like I get what we're going for with her. I feel like I really know that character throughout this movie. The rest of the characters don't seem fleshed out enough for me. I really don't see any motivation for Jareth whatsoever. I don't even understand 
why he exists, why we need a goblin king, what his purpose is in anything. Sure. He's just there um, along with the rest of the characters. They're just there. Maybe this was a looser script and they had to tighten it up and I could understand that. Um, but it is hard for me to relate with those characters whenever there's not any reason for them to even exist. I like the look of this movie. I love the sets in the labyrinth. I love how everything's just kind of uh, has glitter dumped on top of it. It looks cool. It, it looks great for an 80s thing. It, it hits all of those 80s vibes perfectly. I can't take away the fact that I really don't like David Bowie's performance in this. And then that I really do like Jennifer Conley's performance in this. Um, I've said a million times that a five is where I, that's the line for me. That's, that's, that means it's a movie. It had mm-hmm. a script. It had actors and, and it hit all the points that it should hit to be a movie and have those things. Anything below is less than that. Anything above that is more than that. I give this movie a five. Okay. This is that, this is a five. For I me. can understand. It, sadly, it is it is the lowest. Uh, uh-huh. I can see the points you're making, uh, especially about the, the trimming the fat part. And a lot of the characters don't really have a lot of purpose other than to teach her a life lesson. Mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. this maze of life i guess you yep. could say oh, that's pretty that's that's fucking deep um <laughs> <laughs> but when i was watching this movie um for, actually before i get to my my little points this movie's got 75 percent on rotten tomatoes oh okay wow so, i yeah, should have looked pretty, that. pretty high now the audience score do you think it's higher or lower than 75 percent? it's got to be lower there's no way it's higher than 75 audience score of 86 percent Jesus, pretty crazy. So a lot of people love this movie. Wow. And and I think reading that going into this movie, it kind of um, painted a picture uh, Mm -hmm. as to what to expect as an adult, like how I'm going to see this movie. Maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll like aspects of it. But uh, as I was watching it, um, you know, there's a couple of things that stuck out. Decent animatronic work for 86. Yeah. Uh, You can't get better. It it was kind of nightmare fuel Mm -hmm. at points, especially with the fire gang and they pluck their eyeballs out and Mm -hmm. take their heads off. So, yeah, it's like E.T. It's messed (laughs) me up as a kid. Nonetheless, decent uh, performances there. Uh, It's a movie that meshes fantasy with lessons you learn as you grow up, making this more of like a kid's, a young adult movie. A decent David Bowie performance. I, I I like David Bowie. His music okay. is his music is a five for me. I don't like mm-hmm. absolutely love it. Uh, memorable memorable characters and homages to other great fantasy films like uh, Wizard of Oz, like sure. Alice in Wonderland, cool things like that, and and how that some of the references like the bog of eternal stench still like get joked about in this movie still a cult classic that being said there are some effects that have aged really really poorly in this movie uh and some cultural stereotypes that that should could be fixed but it's not it doesn't kill the movie for me because like you said i know it's an 86 movie Mm -hmm. what the biggest thing for me was that really took away from any kind of points i could have given it was this movie's not rewatchable yeah Uh, <laughs> it's just a not. It's it's a straight linear movie where you've seen it once, you can almost recite it back to front. And when you can put a movie into 22 minutes, I think like I'll watch an episode of something else like that will teach me those lessons mm-hmm. uh, as instead of watching this movie again. So with that being said, I would say I am neutral at a five, but I'm going to say a 4.5 because I was pretty bored with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge music fan. Actually, I, I really don't like musicals or musical numbers in in uh, in movies. So that that really hurt it a lot. So um, I am neutral, leaning negative at a four point five. Look, to be honest with you, I really thought we were coming from two different places here. I didn't want to shit on this movie, um, and and I still don't want to shit on it. It's not sure. bad by any means, but I figured I was gonna go on my strong five and you were going to give me like an 8.0 or something. And I was going to feel like a dick by the end, but that's, I I like that. That's very interesting. And look, uh, I gave my reasons why you gave your reasons why we both like and dislike this movie for different reasons, actually. Um, And we come together on certain things, but for us to both come to those scores, especially with something as divisive as David Bowie's performance um, where I, looking at that negatively and you're looking at it more positively and we both sure. still arrive at that middle of the road. It's a movie kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty telling. Um, it's pretty interesting. And I would like to know from the community out there, how people feel about it. Of course, like we said, I, I think this movie is important to some people, but I really just don't see it as anyone's favorite movie or anything. Um, 
just an interesting take there. <laughs> yeah, I encourage everybody listening to watch the movie as an adult. If it like, because a lot of people that rewatchability or the nostalgia factor plays a huge part in the ratings, and for us, it's just not that movie. Look, I, I sat down and watched. Uh, I'll. It's hard for me to ever talk about a movie if I've only watched it once. Not that I haven't seen this movie a million times before this, but but I sat down and watched it twice this week. Um, that second time was hell. I can't lie to you. <laughs> I can only imagine. I was just like, God, I, why am I even watching this? I already have all my notes. Why am I watching this again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're, you're right. It's not, it doesn't require two viewings. No, it's <laughs> not, not inception. It doesn't, no. doesn't take a lot of thinking, but yeah, people asked us for our opinion on this film and you got it. <laughs> you did get it. <laughs> you, you get it. That's it. So we're not saying it's absolute trash, but no. it's, it's definitely, it's not, the strongest movie out there. So, I can agree with that statement. So I can say this, this movie is, is not, it's not a real good movie, but it's not a real bad movie. It's this a real was a movie. <laughs> this was a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> this really happened. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so those are your thoughts on labyrinth. Please, please. If you're listening, let us know what you think about this movie or any movies you want to hear about in the future uh, on our checklist. We got uh, full house covered. Our awards are covered. I think that's everything, eh? I think that's all. Okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Good Movies. I'm Jareth. I've been Dan. And we will talk to you guys later.